You're listening to episode 234 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. If you're a business owner, you likely know how important it is to have a website. And not just a website, but a website that helps you turn prospects into clients. The thing is, we tend to get caught up on the language or the verbiage of our website. But that's where today's guest comes in. Krista Walsh is an SEO website copywriter for creative entrepreneurs. This means that she writes the messaging for her clients' websites so that two important things happen. One, their website shows up in a Google search results. And two, visitors are taken on a journey from first impression to paying customers or excited leads. Her clients have gone on to book four-figure services straight from their website without sales calls and rank in the top five of Google search for results and competitive search terms. While you're listening today, be sure to screenshot and share that you're listening. Share that on Instagram stories. Tag me in it at MindBizLife. Let's start a conversation. This episode is brought to you by Spiritually Seeking. When you go to spiritually-seeking.com and enter the promo code podcast at checkout, you can save 20% on numerology reports, affirmation cards, and life guidance sessions. All you've got to do is head to spiritually dash seeking.com and enter podcast at checkout. Okay, are you ready to meet Krista? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hi, Krista. Welcome to the show. I've been looking forward to our conversation. Hey, Lauren. Thank you. Me too, so much. I'm super happy to be here. You know, you do something that I think is super valuable in the world of business, especially online business, and that's copywriting for creative entrepreneurs. But I'm curious to know, how did you find your way into this business? Will you tell us a little bit about your journey? Yes. Um, so like most creative, creative people, creative entrepreneurs, it wasn't like I popped out of high school or out of college and was like, here we go. Here's what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I got a degree. Actually, I went to a, a private college where they had kind of funky degrees. So I got my degree in book publishing. Um, and that's what I thought I wanted to do. I was working in independent book publishing houses all throughout college and I enjoyed it, but I also felt like I was dying a little bit in those offices. Yeah. So I, um, after college, I decided I'm going to just delay what I thought was the inevitable of a life in an office, you know, in some city working on books. Um, so I, I moved to Madrid in Spain and I, I got a job teaching part-time English over there because there, there's a huge need for that. So I knew that was something I could do. So, and I did that for about a year and then I decided, all right, it's time to come back. Um, but while I was over there, I was working part-time because of my status. I wasn't able to get a full-time job over there. So I started freelancing initially kind of doing what I was doing for the book publishing houses, like working, like editing manuscripts and things like that. Right. Um, but eventually while I was over there that year, it kind of morphed into doing more marketing stuff and doing more of the writing myself instead of editing. Cause people would just be like, well, Hey, can you just write this? You know? Yeah. Um, and I, I could, so I, just, <laughs> I was like, yeah. 
Um, and then when I came back, I, I moved to Los Angeles, California to be with my longtime partner who had moved out here for a job. Um, and I started applying for jobs, but my heart was very much not in it. I think a big part of me really did not see myself fitting in inside of a corporation or a larger company. So I continue to freelance. And then over the past several years, that freelancing morphed into this full-time business that I now run and I love, and I feel like it was totally fate. Ooh, I love that this whole story just kind of panned out for you, but that you started in publishing and that yeah. you then kind of were like, okay, this isn't for me because a lot of people, when you realize that something's not for you, it's very easy to just stay where it's comfortable or to even stay within that same industry. Like you could have very well just gone to another publisher and then another yeah. publisher after that, or even start your own publishing house, right? But you saw that there was something else. But I'm curious, how did you kind of first dip your toes in the freelancing? Were you finding work on Upwork or how, how did you kind of shift into that mode? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did start on Upwork, I think initially is how I got my first few gigs. Yeah. Because um, it's, because you're going where people are looking for freelancers, right? So it's an, a super easy way to get started. Um, and that worked for me for a while. And then I started uh, building the business side. So marketing and, and networking and getting clients who were outside of that platform and um, could pay me a bit more. Yeah. Where did the whole website content kind of start coming into play? Like, I'm sure some people are sitting here and they're like, okay, well, why does your website messaging really even matter? You know? So like, why mm -hmm. does it matter? And why is it a critical piece to our online business? That is a great question. I, yeah. And I think a lot of us, so I started specializing in website copywriting, website content because I realized that a lot of my clients bumped up against this problem of, oh no, how do I articulate my vision and my value in a way that other people connect with? Because a website is the first major piece of content that people are writing that's permanent, that's not like a social media post or a single email. So it feels like it feels very daunting for people and it feels very important. And because of that, people realize that they don't have a strong handle on the messaging or a strong enough handle um, to be able to write that with ease. So that's what led me into it because I saw it as this major place where people needed a, a boost and, and support. Do you find that when they have their website messaging kind of packaged up that then they're able to trickle that down into their social media, into their email, all into their, their different pieces of their online marketing? Absolutely. Um, when, so for instance, if website is the first time that you're really thinking through, how do I talk about what I offer or what I do in a way that's really grabby for people um, and people instantly understand and understand the value and understand perhaps even your personality or your in marketing lingo, like unique selling proposition, what makes you special? Um, if that's the first place you're doing that, doing it is on your website, then once you have that project under your belt, whether you're hiring someone to do it with you or you've decided to do it yourself, um, then you have all of that messaging in your back pocket. And so when somebody asks you on a sales call, like, well, why you? You can, you know that answer. Or when you're writing emails to your list or, or doing social media posts, all of that is work that you've already done. So the writing then becomes so much easier. 
Ooh, how, what is like a good indicator if you know you have good website copy or if you have bad website copy? Are there any like tall tale signs for either? <laughs> yes. Um, so one of the clearest indicators is um, people will tell you, I think. So from personal experience, most of the people who work with me are those people who said, you know, I read every single word on your website and I just knew you were the person. And a lot of my clients have that experience as well. Like people will start reaching out to them and just have no questions about their prices. You know, we'll just be like, yes, I want to do this. So people coming in through your website who have read your content um, and then are ready to work with you pretty much as soon as you get on that sales call or as soon as you have that email. And there's not a lot of questions. There's not a lot of pushback. That's a clear sign. Um, a sign that your website content might not be doing its job is if people are going to your website and then they still are like, so what is it that you actually do? I kind of, kind of got the idea, but I just wanted <laughs> to get on this call. Cause I don't, I don't really get it. Yeah. You know, um, I think that's probably the biggest one is just a lack of clarity. Ooh, that makes so much sense too. It's kind of like you should have all the meat and potatoes and the sides on your website. You shouldn't be asking, people shouldn't have to like call you and be like, all right, so what's on the menu? What are we doing? It should just be there for them. And I know I actually started off in web design. So I on the complete opposite end. So for me, like one of the easiest things that I looked at on the other side was, can I find that information within three clicks? And is it easy yeah. for me to find, you know? So it's like, is that information there? Point one, but is it easy for me to find is point two. So I could imagine if you are a user on the back end of a website and you're trying to hire a service and you're clicking all around and you're like, okay, I know this information's here somewhere, but it's either not there <laughs> or it's there and you can't find it. Like it makes it very frustrating as a user then, like, I'm likely not going to buy from your business if your website frustrates me. That is very, very true. Yes. Make it if, yeah, I, that's some advice that I always give to people. If you're really struggling, just forget about it sounding good or clever or fun. Forget about voice. Just go for clarity above all, because that definitely has the biggest impact on user experience and conversion rates and whether or not people you know, people have to understand what you do in order to make the decision of, is it for them first? Yeah. I love that clarity piece. That's so big. So what do you think, or what does someone do when they have writer's block and they're trying to write their content? Like, should, is there like a step-by-step -step of how to just really get clear on the messaging? Yeah. And I think the way you asked that question was really good. Like you said, get clear on the messaging because so many of us think like we'll have writer's block for something big, like a website, for example. Um, and we think it's just like, we think it's writer's block in the sense that I just, the words aren't coming to me, right? Like, I'm just, I just need to like sit in the flowers. I don't know, <laughs> like get some inspiration, but it's usually something deeper than that, which is that we, we haven't figured out what that message is that we want to convey because the writing is just putting that message into words. And that can be edited to death, you know, at that point, but it's getting it, getting it out there in the first place. So I think the best place to start is to interview people that you've worked with in the past that you had, that had a good experience with you and that you feel like these are the people I would love the rest of my clients to be like as well. Um, because they'll usually have a very good idea of what it was about you that 
appealed to them, what it was about the experience that stood out to them, um, what they were looking for when they were in that very beginning of the journey of looking for a web designer, for example, like what is what are the things that they were looking for and how do they find you? Um, so just ask people that you've worked with, I think is the, the first step. Oh, that is key. And I hadn't even thought of that. It's like, okay, so why did you work with me? Then highlight those strengths. Like, because sometimes it's really hard to see yourself in that light. And especially if you're an expert who's been doing something for so long, you can overlook those baby steps that are really critical when you're taking that first step of working with you or with someone else of like, oh, that's right. I forgot that was my pain point or I forgot I helped you with that. Yes, absolutely. It is, especially the farther along you get, the the harder it is to remember what it felt like to not know to not know how to design your website, to not know anything, you know? Yeah. Um, so it is really important to touch base with people and understand that journey again, especially when you're writing copy. If someone was to come to you as a client, at what point should they kind of come to you? Like at what point of their journey? Should they have no website copy? Should they have some website copy? Should they have an idea of what it's going to be? Or does it matter? I would say the the one requirement for working with a website copywriter is being clear on what it is you're building and who you're building it for. So I have worked with people who are launching their business from scratch. So they are they have no clients at all, but they have done the work to understand here are my ideal clients, here is exactly what I'm building, and I know it works because I've done it for my full-time job and now I'm branching out. Et cetera. Or I've also worked with quite a few people who are now pivoting their business or they've been in business for several years and now they're deciding, okay, now's the time that I want to really refine my messaging. Um, but either of those either of those camps, they have to be clear on what it is they're building because otherwise you are going to waste your investment if you're sort of if you're hiring somebody um, and you're not quite sure what it is you're building in the first place or, or what the impact you're, you're hoping to make is. Yeah. So you really need to do your back end research just as much. Yes. Where does SEO kind of play a role in websites and copywriting? Yeah. So SEO search engine optimization um, is the process of basically doing stuff to your website to have it show up in search results. Usually people are focusing on Google more than like Bing or Yahoo or something, but so having show up in Google search results for a specific keyword that you think your target market is looking for. Um, so for example, you know, if somebody is looking for a website designer, you know, they might type minimalist website designer or website designer for uh, female entrepreneurs or something like that, where they're looking for someone to hire and they're trying to get an idea of what's out there. Um, so that's where SEO comes in. So does that answer your question? Yeah. Do, do, do like the, does the content on the pages also play into that? Like, does it need to be a certain length on our pages? Like, or can we just have a short page with a little bit of copy? Got it. Yes. So a big part of ranking for specific keywords is your on-page copy. So there are definitely some places in the back end that you want to get those keywords. And there are some, um, like your website can't have a load speed of like two minutes because Google's <laughs> gonna be like, we're not going to show this to anyone because nobody can stick around to even get to the website. But 
As far as the copy, yes. So we want to have that keyword in the on-page copy. Um, and there's no like hard and fast rule for how long your content has to be. Um, and I'm a big fan of writing for the, the reader or your audience first and Google second. So I'm really hesitant to tell people like, make sure you have 750 words on there um, or, you know, whatever that number might be that different people throw out because um, I really want the message to be written for the person first because the whole point of SEO is to get people to your website, but that can't be the end of the line. Right. Because that doesn't do anything for your business, getting traffic that then just ends there. You then have to have those people clicking onto your website and feeling a sense of, okay, this is right for me and have them keep reading until they take the action you want them to take. Um, so no, get those keywords in there. I have I some it. copy, but definitely prioritize the, the user experience and the journey of your target audience. I love that message too, because so many people... I will just straight off the bat be like, I want to be on the first page of Google. Well, duh, sweetie, we all do. You know, <laughs> we all want to be on the first page of Google, but it takes work to be there. And the people who are there, we know they've either been there from the get-go or they're doing a pay-to-play type of thing. So um, organically. So, you know, if you're a first-time dog sitter and you're in LA and there's 200 other, you know, dog sitters that have had a website for years and years and years before you, they automatically have like a one up in you. So I think sometimes people get stuck on SEO and just think that, oh, now I have a website. Now I'm destined to be on the first page of Google. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> Absolutely. It doesn't. And you also want to be careful. Like you don't want to rank for, like, if you're a dog sitter, you don't want to rank for the word dog sitter because your business is super location dependent. So if you are on page one for dog sitter, that most of that traffic is, that's coming to you is probably not going to be relevant for you and is not going to convert mm. into clients because they maybe are looking for, a, maybe they're looking for like the definition of a dog sitter, or they might be looking to hire a dog sitter, but they're in Tokyo and you're in San Diego. So right. it doesn't make sense. Oh, that's key too. And that's really important to highlight. Yeah. Because you, you have to think about like, what are you searching for? And then think of how is your, is your customer searching for that too? So that's also that, that taking a step out of your business, putting yourself into the role of the customer and looking at it from a different view. And that can be hard to do, but that's why we have people like you. <laughs> You've nailed it, Lauren. That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. I have to ask so of, of all the businesses that you've worked with, what's been the most fun copywriting project or works or website that you've worked on? Ooh, that is such a great question. Um, no, you know, you I spot. might, <laughs> what'd you say? I said, I put you on the spot. You did put me on the spot. Um, I think I'm going to talk about one that I'm working on right now, just because it's, it's top of mind. And I really enjoyed the work. Um, I, I'm working for a client who is a, a mindset coach for actors specifically. So it's been really fun to talk to a bunch of actors and understand their point of view and what they're going through and, and, um, and also just bring to life this kind of abstract concept of what are the benefits of mindset coaching for this specific industry. And it's just been really fun to condense that and, and put all of her heart and soul onto the page for her clients. 
Oh, I love, and I love that it's mindset because that must be like a, a fun project just to dive into, especially for actors. Are you finding when you work with creative businesses that you're always learning as well when you're like diving into different industries? Does that keep it fun for you? Yes, it does. I, yeah, I definitely have repeats. Like I've worked with several photographers and people in visual spaces, but it is always super fun to get to know this whole different sector of the world. You know, I just worked with somebody who has a resume writing service, which most people wouldn't consider that creative, but the process is incredibly creative for her, you know? Um, and it was really fun to talk to people who were, you know, using her service to then get jobs as C-level executives. Like that was super interesting for me. Yeah. What made you kind of gear towards the creatives versus all the other many types of businesses? I think because I understand them. Um, my role as a copywriter is creative yeah. and I was, I'm running similar businesses to a lot of my clients. So I understand the different assets that they need and um, how challenging it can be to have this very expansive vision and this big idea of how you can help. And like a lot of people have all of this heart that goes into it. Um, but they struggle then to put that into simplified words that aren't long jumbles and, and words that strike people uh, where they want it to, like in their heart. Yeah. You're a woman of words, but do you ever find yourself getting writer's block? That's a good question. Um, so when I'm writing for my clients, definitely not. Um, yeah. I have very strong processes that pretty much eliminate that possibility. Um, as I said, there's really no part of the process that's me sitting around waiting for inspiration to strike, which I think is where that writer's block comes in. Mm. Um, it's more like getting those messages and then structuring the page how I want it to look and then putting the words in there. And then with the editing, I can make it sound how I want it to sound and get my client's voice in there. Um, yeah. So the process makes almost takes out the writer's block for you. And personally, I was just wondering, cause I, you know, sometimes it, you can find yourself, you know, being tripped up for words, but I love that your strong process has eliminated that. Yeah. I mean, I, I have experienced it as a person um, yeah. for sure. <laughs> I oh, definitely yeah. know what that feels like um, for sure. And that helps you resonate with your clients then too, since you have experienced it for yourself, you can kind of put yourself in the shoes. Like I, I got you. I've been there been at the loss of words, but I got, I got your back now. Yes, completely. Are there any general phrases that you see in website copy that you wish you would never see again? Or like anything that's just like, please don't ever put that in your website copy that maybe someone listening today needs to pay attention to? <laughs> um, yeah, actually, yeah. So one of the things that I see a lot with creatives um, is something like a headline on any page that says welcome Ugh. or I'm so glad you're here or something like that, that um, something people should understand is that headlines are the most important real estate on anything that you're writing. So whether it's your website or a sales page or an email, right? Um, eight out of 10 people are only reading the headlines. So your headlines either have to like 
give away the whole story. Like it either has to say the gist of your whole message or it has to be so enticing and kind of like clickbaity, but not, not dishonest, but clickbaity that makes people then want to read the rest. So a headline that says something like welcome, or I'm so glad you're here is warm and inviting, but it's not going to do the thing that it needs to do. It's not going to tell people anything they really need to know. Um, and it's also probably not going to spark a strong desire to then read the body copy or the paragraph below that headline. Yeah. Another thing that I've personally noticed, and this is from the podcast realm. If I, if I'm going to a podcast guest site and maybe they have a a name that may be harder to pronounce or like a last name, I'm like, how do you, you know, how do you pronounce it? They either Mm -hmm. one don't have their name anywhere on their website at all. Like if they're (laughs) as like a business, but you know, it's like, so like a coach or something like they, they don't have their name or two, they have videos and they introduce themselves, but they don't say their name because a lot of times, like how you say it is how I'm going to say it, right? Like I may be reading it completely wrong. And I, I, it's like, I need to have that on the website, but I am always shocked when I go on someone's website and they don't even have their name on it. Like they're like, hi, I'm so glad you found me. Okay. Me. Who's me. I don't know. Because <laughs> if you're going under your coaching business and it's not your name coaching, right? Like it's, I don't know, uh-huh. a beautiful life coaching. And you're like, I'm so glad you found me. It's like, well, great. <laughs> like, hi, hello me. You know? So like sometimes those even like simple things I think get overlooked and having just a second set of eyes is so key. Absolutely. That is, that's a funny one. Yeah. And I have seen websites that don't list names and it becomes a problem exactly when the customer is in or the the client, the potential client is in that decision mode um, where they're like, okay, let me reach out to this person and email them. Oh yeah. And suddenly you don't know how to address the email. Yes. Or, and you start wondering like, who is this person? And I can't even like find her, him like on LinkedIn and see if they're real or on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's a, that is a funny one, but I think people just forget. They just, right. (laughs) Right. And it's those simple things too, because once again, like it feels like a daunting task. A website is a huge piece of your business. And if it's stressing you out, yeah, you might just forget to put your name on there. Why (laughs) why not? (laughs) Well, Chris, I know that so many of our audience members are going to want to learn more about you and your services. So tell them where they can go to connect with you further. Yeah. So I am active on Instagram. I love my people over there. I'm at Krista Walsh copywriter. Um, you can also read all about me on my website, which is Krista Walsh copywriter.com. Those are probably the two best places to find me. Perfect. I'll be sure to link those in the episode notes so everyone can go and connect with you. Krista, I've loved learning from you today and nerding out and talking all things copywriting. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, Lauren, this has been really, really fun. I'm so happy you had me on. Krista came loaded with incredible tips. And if you're looking to boost your website copy, check out her website and social channels, which I have linked on this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. Don't forget to let me know what resonated with you on today's episode. Share that feedback with me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at mindbizlife. And or drop a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you tune in and turn it up.
I'm back on Friday for another episode of Fuel Your Life Friday. But until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.